This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me David Summerfleck. David is a digital marketing and business growth expert with over 20 years experience working for multiple marketing agencies and 10 years experience as a nonprofit small business mentor. David is also the author of The Road to Digital Marketing Profits and the upcoming Bloom and Growing, Grow Your Business Regardless of Season or Climate. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Roman. I appreciate it. My pleasure. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are today? Sure. Well, basically, um, I went to college studying English. I, I wanted to be a writer. So while I was in college, you know, we were diagramming sentences, which is not fun. Um, I was studying Shakespeare, Chaucer, Keats and Shelley and medieval journalism. <laughs> You know, I took a course in dystopian literature and Latin American literature. Um, you know, even filmmaking as a minor. And uh, I had several journalism internships. And when I graduated from college, guess what? There were no jobs in writing, period. You, you know, I had several internships, but all the English jobs that had to do with writing or editing were very low paying, even back when I graduated from college back in the 90s. So, um, you know, I, I kind of saw the writing on the wall while I was in college. In college, um, I started looking at building, you know, ba basic HTML websites while I was in college because the code helped me relax. I couldn't really read literature for relaxation anymore. I couldn't look at uh, literature without diagramming it and, you know, di um, looking at the, the, the sentence structure and the dramatic arc, so to speak. So it really didn't help me unwind. It took the joy right out of it. So after I graduated from college and saw that there weren't really any writing jobs that paid a decent living, I started freelancing and then I started working for different agencies. So I have about 20 years, maybe 25 years experience working for multiple marketing and advertising agencies in different capacities. I also started a mediation nonprofit organization. Um, I started my own small family uh, marketing agency as well a long time ago. And I was a certified small business mentor for about 10 years off and on for an organization called SCORE, which is a division of the United States Small Business Administration, where I probably talked to a couple of hundred small business owners and nonprofit founders and startup founders and everything all over the world. And really, to be honest with you, after doing that, um, that's probably where I got the confidence to say, you know what, I think it's fair to say I'm probably a small business expert. I think it's okay to say that. I don't know everything. And honestly, I'm not interested in every single aspect of business, like forensic accounting 
And there are some digital marketing areas and programming areas that I'm not great in. I don't really enjoy Google Analytics. Um, I know about it, but I'm not great at it. I know basic JavaScript, but I don't get excited over advanced JavaScript uh, and database administration. Doesn't mean I wouldn't like to learn more, but I know what my limits are. Um, so that's really my experience. And I kind of retired about three years ago and we, my wife and I just kind of sold everything we had and just kind of moved to a quiet little area in Florida. And that's where I am now. And you know, I was starting to get that itch to kind of get back into things a few months ago before this COVID-19 um, pandemic began. So now I'm reading a lot more and kind of getting back into the, the swing of things. So sorry if that's TMI, but that's a kind of a, a long answer to that question. Uh, that's awesome. So what kind of motivated you to kind of write your first book? When did you make that decision? And uh, when did you make the decision to kind of write your second one as well? Yeah. Um, well, the second one I'm still working on. I've got about 80% of it done, but I'm really not happy with it. And I keep going back at it and looking at it again and saying, that's not what I want. It's You know what I mean? Um, perfection is really the enemy of creativity. And it's so true. I just have to just get it done and just be like, okay, that's it's it. That's draft one. But about maybe six months ago, I just... You know, I, a long time ago, really, I realized that all business owners, certainly small business owners, had the same problem. They all have different types of businesses. They're all at different levels or phases of business development. But I realized that they all had the same problem. You're not getting the growth that you want, whether it means more beds in a clinic, more bodies in a restaurant, more clients for an agency, more customers for a graphic design or whatever. Um, but I realized everybody has the same problem and almost everybody's doing the same thing, you know? So I just said, let me start putting together what I thought would be the ultimate workbook. If I had a very, very receptive, very open new client, who really wanted to get the most out of everything I could do for them, what workbook would I give them? So I started working on that. And um, that was the road to digital marketing profits. I wanted to make it simple and easy, you know, for the non-technical small business owner or entrepreneur who's like, I'm overwhelmed by all the jargon. I don't know where to begin. What do I do? How can I figure this out? And at the end of this, know what I should be doing, how I should be doing it, and have some kind of a business plan that I could take to a credit union, preferably, and get a loan. So that's how I came about uh, writing that. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, I think it's important, uh, an important part of branding, or especially if you have something to say to to write it down. And uh, in, in 2020, you know, you can be self-published, you can circulated online, audio copies. So I think it's an important component to highlight your expertise, share with the world what you know, and kind of uh, in, in turn build your brand as well. Yeah, absolutely. And since this is, you know, a workbook, I really did not try to do the audio version. 
Um, I suppose I could, but you'd have to read it very slowly. It'll leave a lot of spaces for people to say, okay, now is the time for you to get out a piece of paper and write down your answers to this. Um, and I didn't put it on Kindle just because I felt like this kind of a workbook is just better for you to hold in your hand and actually scribble in it and kind of make it more real for people. And, you know, I may change the format, but that's kind of how I felt at the time. But I agree 100%. I don't know if you can see it behind me. It's right there. I don't know if you can see it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's in the back. I see it. Yeah. Yeah, I was really, really happy with the cover for that because I wanted to grab people's attention, you know, in an authentic way. This is what it is. You know, it's not War and Peace or, you know, Sound and Fury or Hamlet. This is about getting real about what you want, putting it down on paper. So I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 that's okay. I was, I was just going to ask, what motivates you to succeed today? Um, you know, it's a good question that if you had asked me 10 years ago, it'd be very, very different from what it is today. Right now, my goal, how I define success right now is very, very different than what it was 10 years ago, or even five years ago. You know, 10 years ago, I would say success was paying the rent um, or paying the mortgage rather and getting money in the bank account so we can continue to build that nest egg. Now success is feeling authentic and as totally sincere as possible and working with one client at a time who wants and needs to grow and is committed to that, even if it means rolling up your sleeves and getting a little dirty. Most small business owners will tell you that they want to grow, but they're not doing what they need in order to grow. They're not really committed. It's an idea that feels good to say it. But if you ask, well, what are you doing? They're very vague or they're, they, I've talked to people who are adversarial or they push back and you tell them, you know, look, what I tell you is based on 20 plus years experience. I don't care if you like me or don't. I'm trying to help you. Listen, if you have questions, I'll answer them. But that was, you know, that was why I stopped volunteering for SCORE was after 10 years or so, I just felt very disillusioned by it and just saw these common threads that people were either jumping in with no experience whatsoever, unwilling to invest any money in things. And then six months or six years later, they would say, well, why, why is it nobody's calling me? You know, and I'm sure you've seen that many times where they go to Wix or Weebly and they get some free DIY template. And then they wonder why is nobody calling me? Well, you used a tool that's not made for these purposes. You know what I mean? I remember I had a friend a long time ago. He was 285 pounds of solid muscle. He was a weightlifter and uh, dumb as a post, but a really, really nice, sweet, good-natured guy. A big, gentle giant. Um, and I always remember he bought a used motorcycle for like $75. And I, I was just, I couldn't contain my laughter. But he was such a sweet guy. And he was really big and strong, so I didn't want him to see me laughing. And you know what happened. He got on the motorcycle. He rode it around. And after about three days, it wouldn't run anymore. And the guy who sold it to him couldn't be found. 
And that's what I've seen happen hundreds and hundreds of times with these business owners. And so I stopped volunteering because I just felt like this is crazy. I'm saying the same thing to people and they're not listening. And every once in a while you get one or two people who say, okay, I'll listen. I'm willing to invest two or three grand if it can give me some traction and I can double or triple that up in a few months. But it was just so few and far between, I decided I need to take a step back. Yeah, and I think like you said, when you hear those kind of promises or like finite uh, goals that you're gonna be reaching, especially in a certain amount of time, usually it's you know a ploy to get you to sign up or just a straight kind of a, a snake oil salesman approach. I mean, in search engine optimization, it's, you know, I can get you to the first page for so-and-so in a month, two months, whatever time frame, just so that client company uh, or brand signs up with you. It is possible to do that, but there's a lot of variables and you really can't guarantee it because you don't know how Google is going to interpret that site and how it's launched. You just, you, and you don't know all the finite details of your local demographics. It can be done if you live in a relatively small, tight demographic and your competitors aren't doing anything. It's very, very possible. Um, but for example, if you're a lawyer, even in a small town where they're glutted with websites of varying quality, it's gonna to be tough to get to number one. You know, unless they're willing to invest, you know, like 10 grand or something uh, per month in PPC, it's unlikely, you know, th that can be really brutal. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if it's a new site, it's like you said, variables and how competitive the market you're in. Uh, has anything happened in terms of algorithm changes? Has your site been uh, penalized in the, in the past? If you're getting a brand new site starting from zero from a new domain, is it a historic domain that's like, 20 years old and is somewhat powerful that a lot of the time that's awesome because if you see it's ranking for you know top competitive things already anything you put on there if you structure it correctly it will get closer to the first page a lot faster and then other things obviously technically and then you know, the backlink profile itself that's an ongoing effort but there's all these hidden things clients don't see and obviously two to three hundred ranking factors that continually are an influence and Google itself is more personalized and has an AI component now. So it's a little different than it was, you know, 10 years ago. Oh, absolutely. And, um, you know, I remember a long time ago, I had a competitor and he was one of these guys, just really, really gregarious, outgoing personality, and, you know, big bear of a guy and a lot of fun to be around. He was a competitor, but I liked him as a person. And anyway, he called me up one day and his exact words were, you beautiful bastard, how did you do it? And I said, who the hell is this? And so he said who he was. And I said, well, what are you talking about? He said, well, you're number one in Google. I said, how, how the hell did you do it? And I said, well, I don't know. I don't look at it. I can't take the stress of it. And it turned out, yeah, it was number one in Google for digital marketing agencies in Denver, Colorado. And it lasted for several weeks. And I told him, I said, well, I've been logging into that site and changing the SEO and tinkering with the, um, the, my blog posts, the content on every page, the images, the alt tags, everything. I've been tinkering around with it every day for like an hour every day now. 
And I guess Google's looking at it and going, this guy's site is, you know, crazy with activity. And during those two weeks or so, I was getting a phone call like every 15 minutes. So that kind of, you know, gave me some ideas as, you know, how things were going. But um, obviously not everybody can do that. And it's not going to be relevant for everybody, you know. So um, you, you really can't guarantee results and be 100% honest. You can say what you think the likelihood is, but a lot of that likelihood depends on their willingness to commit to seeing this as a process and not as a single item. And um, you see that all the time on forums like Quora and LinkedIn and, and all the other ones where people ask, well, how much is this? How much is that? You're not going through the drive through You know, you're participating in an ongoing process that could take weeks to months to years to achieve the level of placement that you really want to really get traction. So I agree with that 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, like you also mentioned, it is an ongoing effort. So, you know, somebody may come to you and just because you got them to a certain point and they say, you know, okay, I'm here. So I don't need your services anymore. That's not, you know, how it works. So if you just stop doing anything, you're not going to stay there just based on the, the, the climate itself. So, I mean, it's either in terms of rank uh, fluctuations or where you show up for certain things, it's what you're doing to your website what your competitors are doing and if search trends change or algorithm change i mean those are the only really things that influence that overall so if you completely stop and everybody in your industry is actually doing something in-house or has an agency in terms Mm -hmm. of ongoing efforts they will pass you eventually yeah absolutely what i like to do is use analogies that clients especially older business owners And some of these enterprise level businesses that have 50 or more employees, but even the small mom and pop shops, I use the, the, the analogy of, look, you guys probably put ads in the local newspaper. You probably pay for ads on the side of a bus or a billboard. How much is that for one month? Most newspapers won't talk to you if you only want to put an ad in a newspaper for one month. They require that you make a commitment of at least 90 days. And that ain't cheap. That's usually several grand. If you want to put an ad on the side of a bus, it's usually several grand, maybe in the tens of of grand, I'm not sure, for one month. And a billboard is even more. And none of them will guarantee results, not a single one. So what I always say is that you know, how many phone calls are you going to get from those? You don't know. And of those phone calls, how many of them are just going to be people who couldn't sleep at night? You know, so I always say, look, for a quarter of what you're spending on those billboards or bus uh, signs, you could invest in agency level digital marketing and then keep it going. And I guarantee you, you'll see results in about 90 days of some sort if you listen to me. And, you know, how much is it worth for you to get one new lead who wants to work with you per month? For a lawyer, that could be worth anywhere from 10 grand to 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 grand for one new client, depending on what their issue is. So, you know, I would say, is it worth you spending a few thousand dollars if it means you're going to double or triple it in a few months from now? 
And, and that's the way to look at it. It's not a cost. Buying another water, bo water bottle is a cost, right? Investing in the perpetuity, the strength, the life of my business is an investment. Yeah, I agree. So what's one thing you may have seen as a weakness in yourself in the past that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today? Oh man, everybody has weaknesses. It's just, are they open and honest about it? You know? And I, I think one of my weaknesses was really where I would get, feel worn out from things and take a break. And you know, when I worked for all these different marketing agencies, some of them went under, some of them are still functioning today. Um, but you know, when I got tired of it or just felt like, okay, I've been here long enough, I would move on um, or I would step away and take a break or I would go start my own business or something like that. Um, you know, the, the pro of that is that it would give you a very unique perspective. It would give you more depth to understanding things in different ways. And that's what I always try to look for. How can I better understand you know, what's going on in this person's business or what's going on from their perspective. Why do they see it that way? Ask them to explain. And I think we would all have a lot better conversations with clients and with other business owners if we just said, help me understand why you're seeing it from this perspective. What brought this about? Um, you know, weaknesses, other weaknesses I have are just, some of them are technical you know, like I said, with programming, uh, database administration, some of the technical things that I would need to outsource, I'm interested in them, but I don't know if I have the patience to, to dedicate several hours every day to them, at least not yet. Maybe if I'm in quarantine six months from now, I will. You know, right now I've kind of made a commitment to get back to reading much more getting back to basics with reading and trying to write better more substantive content and writing more books so that's where i'm at now yeah and i think it's it's focusing on things that interest you improving your strengths and like you said some of the the technical things are things that can be outsourced or like a task you can know it to a certain extent just to know when you do outsource it, you assign it to somebody that they're doing it to their best of their abilities or it's technically correct. But all those other things, you don't necessarily have to waste your time. You give it to someone that's an expert in that and focus on what your expertise is. Yeah, I know a group of maybe five to seven freelancers, I would say, who are really, really good. They're really, really, really good. And if there's a project that is either too large for me or um, it's a much larger, you know, um, company with like 20 different locations or distribution warehouses or the enterprise solution they want is something where I might want some some backup. I know that, that group of like six or seven people I could go to and say, I want to create a distributed team here that we can work on this and delegate some of this. 
And granted, the budget has to increase exponentially in order to provide bigger benefits. But yeah, I do. I think it's absolutely important to have a group of five or six people, regardless of your business, that you can go to for help if you need it. Whether you know whether you have a, a restaurant or an optical boutique or you know a sandwich shop or whatever, I think it's really important, especially now. To have a group of you know five or six people you can go to and say, look, I, I really need help. You know, the doo doo has hit the fan. I need some backup. And then hopefully you can pivot if you haven't already done it. Now is a really really big time for that. Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of people are actually you know helping other business owners out and just trying to be as helpful as possible to trying to.、Uh, You know, stem the tide of you know all this unemployment and businesses shutting down. Because I mean, if you're a restaurant and you're closed, there's nothing you can do about it. You're literally losing money, and it's hemorrhaging. And you can't you know, legally, you cannot do anything other than obviously get some kind of government assistance or something in terms of a stimulus after the fact. But present day, it's not like you can open up again. Yeah, there's a lot to say. There are a lot of businesses. Going under right now is an understatement. It's probably at a higher level than the 2008、um, financial crisis. I mean, I, I try not to look too much at the news because every time I do, it looks even more、uh, scary. You know,、uh, more and more businesses are going under quicker than anybody can keep up with. Certainly faster than Washington.、Um, And I don't know if the stimulus, whatever they're going to do, whenever they get around to it, is going to be enough. I just don't see it.、Um, people just can't deal with this. But you know, for the the business owner right now, if you do not or will not or can't、um, deliver to people's homes, you really need to wake up and pivot now.、Um, You know, I order all my groceries online. I want everything、uh, delivered to the front door, and I got to tell you, it's really hard to do it. It's very hard to do it. I tried to place an order on Walmart.com. Everybody knows Walmart, and they just said, "Look, we're not having pickup. There is no date that you can schedule. Period. There is no date that you can schedule delivery." This was several days ago, okay? But it was like that for the whole day. You just you whatever you can't order. Amazon pantry went down. I don't know if it's back up yet. Half of the food that you try to order from Walmart or Amazon, you can't get.、Um, you know, so when our little surplus is gone, all we can do is just you know hope that we can replenish it, and it probably won't be to the way that we would that we would like. You know, I'm in Florida. And in a couple of months, we have hurricane season, so you don't want to have refrigerated food. So on top of COVID nineteen and everybody walking around like it's a big conspiracy or something, we have hurricane season coming in a couple of months. So my point, as long winded as it is, is that all business owners should really look at what's going on now as a wake up call to get serious about digital marketing and.、Um, Trying to get online and trying to provide either home delivery, do your consultations by video, by chat. If you can't, if you can't figure out video or you don't want to do it, do it by the phone. 
you know, um, now is the time to do that. I, you know, I've, I've known so many lawyers when I was a mediator and I can't think of any of them who would do video conferencing, who would do phone conferencing, who were using Dropbox or any type of online storage for their documentation. None of them were using electronic signature. And I hope they're starting to wake up now because if you're a lawyer, it's going to be a lot harder for you to meet with clients work with clients, do your discovery now. Everything's going to be a lot tougher. So you're going to have to use this thing called the internet, whether you're going kicking or screaming or not. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it's adapting and figuring out how you can improve your business is obviously one, have it survive, how you can make it better, future-proof it for anything else like this that may come along in, uh, in the future. And uh, don't be afraid kind of a, of technology. I mean, I've had legal clients in the past when there are some of them that were hesitant to even get a website. So they were still stuck in the, the yellow pages, traditional yellow pages days. And it's just like, that's not. The and they're still doing it. And the yellow pages is how much per month? Three grand, five grand, depending on what city you live in. And nobody uses it. I can't even find one now. I wanted to prop up a chair the other day. I couldn't couldn't even find one to use it. And people are still paying. I mean, you're throwing, you know, one of my favorite meme images is there's an, a cartoon image of people shoveling money into a furnace. And it's one of my favorite images to use for snide remarks uh, for memes. But it's like, you know, for what you spend one month, you could blow these competitors out of the water if you could just conceive that it could be that way for you. You know, um, when I talk about ordering food online, there's a lot of businesses I would, you know, imagine if there were some local mom and pop places I could order food from online and I don't have to go to Walmart or Amazon. There aren't any, there are none. I live in Southwest Florida. There's zero there are restaurants who will not deliver to your home, even today. There are many who don't have websites, even today, right now. And it just, you know, it's it, on the one hand, it could make me feel angry toward them. Because like, look, you say you have a family you care about and that you need to take care of, but you won't do what's necessary. And then there's another part of me that feels for this sense of overwhelm or confusion but, it, you know, it's kind of like, at what point do you just stop being the enabler and stop saying, look, I need to be like Gordon Ramsay and just start, you know, telling you the brutal truth. So it depends on, you know, what I'm feeling on that any given day, really. Yeah, I agree. So what's one piece of advice you have for the audience, personal or professional? I would say my one piece of advice is both personal and professional, and that would be to um, to be open to adaptation, be open to change, no matter what you have to do, do it. If it means staying indoors right now for 60 days or even for six months, if you have to stay indoors so that, A, you don't get the coronavirus. And, you know, listen, some people are getting this. I read about a 101-year-old man in Italy who got COVID-19 and walked away. It was fine. Then I read about um, 
Colton Underwood, the guy from The Bachelor, 28 years old, you know, a young stud who was a former NFL player. And he was saying that he couldn't get up and go to the bathroom without stopping and pausing for breath, that he couldn't go up a flight of stairs. This is a 28-year-old guy who was an NFL player, and it's got him on his hands and knees. Um, so there are young people who are dropping dead from it. There are older people who are walking away from it absolutely fine. And nobody really can explain the different strains and everything right now. So I would say that the biggest challenge we're facing is the ability and willingness to adapt with changing times. The economy is tanking before our eyes. The how we communicate with others is changing. And, you know, how we take care of ourselves and our families are, is changing right now. So be open to adaptation. And you know what? That's probably another book right there. I need to write a book for lawyers. God knows they need it. And I need to write a book for just people in general about being open to change and how to change as a business owner. And yeah, you could probably put a lot of good case studies in there too. Yeah, I think it's adapting and kind of changing your behaviors. And to a certain extent, this is our situation and not complaining about it. Like, you know, I came to the U.S. when I was five from Ukraine, which was still under the Soviet Union in uh, 1990. So I remember like religious persecution, uh, not having certain food in the stores, hot water being shut off at night waiting in a bread line for a few hours for a loaf of bread with my mom. So I think coming from an environment like that, like, yes, this sucks, but you're in the comfort of your own home. You have TV, you have internet, uh, you know, the God willing, the ones that are still working and working from home have an income coming in. So I think it could be a lot worse. So taking that and taking the positives from that. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. Before I got on this podcast with you, I was reading an article on Buzzfeed news about um, two stories. These, uh, there was a miner who fell into a pit. I think it was in Mexico City where he fell into a pit and he was in that pit for 79 days. And they interviewed him and he laughed and he said, this is the quarantine. You can sleep, you can read, you can play video games, you can do video chats with people all around the world. If you want to exercise, you can run in place, you can do push-ups, sit-ups, lift weights, do workout videos, whatever. You can eat whatever you want pretty much. You know, you could go sit outside if you want to. It's like, you know, and people are complaining about it. It's ridiculous. And there was another story about, um, there was the soccer team that crashed in the Andes. I don't remember the, the name of that exactly. Yeah, but the movie, one of the, I think the movie was Alive. Alive, yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of the people who survived was saying, you know, look, we had to eat you know, our frozen, you know, team members to survive. We were out there for, I don't know how long they were out there for. And he's like, you know, look, comparing, it's like, there's no comparison. This is ridiculous. Anybody, you know, look within, you know, stop thinking that you have to spend an hour in traffic to go get your groceries or that you need every single thing to be perfect in order to get good food or do what you want. Just change um, how you define happiness. Happiness is not about having things. It's about being able to do. And that's how I, I look at it. And I think in a way I was telling my wife, in a way I think this is good. 
because it's really caused me to go um, and reassess, you know, get back to reading the classics, get back to looking at why why was it I didn't like Skype in the first place? Why? What's the whole deal with, with Slack? You know, I need to look at Slack and figure that out. You know, but also get back to basics. I don't know if I can move the webcam to show you. Um, let me see if I can move the webcam. You ready? Let's see if I can do this. Can you see the books? Okay. So I, I need to get back to the basics of getting to my stack of books here and reading one per week. So I've got Stephen King, Arthur Clarke, uh, Philip K. Dick, my hero, Ray Bradbury, and, you know, several others, and George Orwell, the great courses. I need to get back to those and kind of remember what brought you to the dance. And I think everybody should be asking themselves that right now. What is it that brought me to the dance here? For some people, it's your wife. For other people, it's your husband or it's your children or it's this passion. Well, good, now do it in a different way, you know? And I, and I think that's what we have to look at. How can we pivot and adapt? Yeah, no, it's what, what's important to you. And then, like you mentioned, going through and reevaluating different technology. Well, with technology like Zoom, you know, the free version, you can have, you know, as, mon- as many people as you want on if it's under 40 minutes. So if this was 20, 30 years ago, you may not be able to, to reach or see your family for, you know, weeks, months. Now you can jump on and have like a whole family reunion. So absolutely and there's a million other tools you know just like it you have facetime i discovered a new one just the other day i'm setting up that i really like because it doesn't have the privacy issues and the sharing things with the zoom and everything where you know uh, administrators can see when you look away or or whatever or employers probably more likely can monitor what you're doing so there's a new one that i just discovered um, I think it's called Whereby. So I'm looking at that for my own conferencing and consulting. Absolutely. Now is the time to kind of get back to basics. Get rid of all the, the sturm und drang and, you know, all the nonsense and, and everything that takes away from what we are really, really at our core about. You know, rebuild our businesses, rebuild our human connections and get back to what really matters, you know. I agree. So I really appreciate you stopping by today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you? Absolutely. Uh, My business website is the old www. So just go to www.dms.blue. That is a real website address. A lot of people have asked me about that. And um, DMS are my initials. I'm a digital marketing specialist in addition to a, a business mentor. Um, so my website's dms.blue. Anybody listening is more than welcome to go to that website. Um, I've got freebies, I've got free resources. You can schedule a free phone consultation with me. Um, and of course you can go to Amazon and look at my book and order a copy and let me know what you think about it. Only if it's nice though. If it's not nice, you know, give me constructive criticism, but still be nice. Yeah, I mean, I think of uh, of comments and uh, reviews online the same way. Well, yeah, if it's not constructive, you're really not helping anybody. And I think some of it is just really, really petty and ridiculous. 
You know, like if, if someone doesn't look the way that you want them to look or whatever, hey, you know what? At least they're out there trying. So God bless them. You know, the way I look is not everybody's cup of tea, but it's not about that. It's about, you know, I'm trying to do something. And that's how I think we need to look at it right now. Contribute to the human um, the human equation. I agree. Thanks for stopping by. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Roman. I appreciate your time. This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.